success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and they rarely talk about it because that's not what creates success. Join us here where we'll chat with serial entrepreneurs, both men and women, and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship. We'll talk about the obstacles we faced and how to overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is She's Invincible. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on She's Invincible. And oh my gosh, I have the most invincible one to introduce you to today. Susan Lang is the CEO and founder of Visory Health, a women-led patient-first health tech prescription platform that is transforming the way families access affordable health care through its online prescription discount card. She is also the CEO and founder of XIL Health, a strategic technology and analytics company in the drug economic space. Susan has spent more than 30 years in healthcare where she has worked as a C-suite executive at companies such as Express Scripts, working to bring innovation, transparency, accessibility, and affordability to the healthcare industry with the goal of providing the best healthcare options to Americans. She is a fierce leader and continues to break the elusive glass ceiling in a male-dominated industry. Oh my gosh, Susan Lang, <laughs> welcome to She's Invincible. We're so excited to have you with us today. Oh, thank you, Cammie. It's so good to be here and Happy New Year. Oh, Happy New Year to you. And I am so, I can't tell you how excited I am to drop this New Year's message that all the women in the world need to hear to get their 2024 off to the right right track, right? Oh my yeah, gosh, we are here for it. I can't wait. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. Let's not make okay. them wait anymore. Let's tell our listeners, how in the world did you get where you are today? And what makes you invincible? Okay, so that's an interesting question. It's a long question, Cammie. Uh, made me feel a little old because I've been doing this for 30 years. It's a long time, right? So I started really young. Uh, so, you know, here's my story. Look, I started out in healthcare, you know, in my 20s and at, in academic hospital systems. So that that's where I started. And then I moved to running hospitals myself as a senior executive. And then in my early 30s, on my way to a board meeting at one of my hospitals in Memphis, Tennessee, I was hit by a drunk driver uh, head on and uh, ended up not being able to work for a year. And when I came back after being a patient for quite a long time, it really solidified my view of being uh, a caregiver and making sure that people are healing in whatever way you need to heal. And so it clarified for me my personal mission. Having a personal mission becomes so important because it is so hard to be successful in business. And I don't care who you are, it's incredibly difficult. If you want to change an industry, if you want to change culture inside companies, if you're trying to be an entrepreneur and disrupt, it's going to be really tough. So knowing who you are is really, really important. I think my, what I'm, why I think I'm invincible is because I really spent a lot of time looking forward. I spent almost no time looking back. You know, when I have met with a lot of women executives, they dwell on the conversation I had last week that didn't go well, or the conversation I had, God forbid, last year that didn't go well, right? And takes up a lot of energy that you're not putting forward. So to create what you want. So really being forward first and thinking ahead and facing forward and not revisiting, you know, whatever happened a week ago, two weeks ago, three months ago, I think helps make me invincible. Oh, I love that. So there's a big gap between um, your unfortunate car accident and um, and then where you are today. So what are some of the other things you did along that way in that gap? So what I ended up doing is, so again, I was out of work for over a little over a year. I was in physical therapy for four years, um, just lots and lots of injuries, all that kind of stuff. When I went back to work, I ended up going back. Uh, I was still at the Baptist Hospital System in Memphis. 
I called, they had brought in a senior executive to, to take my place because they didn't know if I would come back or not. And I called, uh, the guy's name was Bill Wakefield. He's a great guy, um, retired army helicopter pilot. Anyway, uh, medevac pilot in Vietnam. I called him and I said, wow. hey, Bill, I want to come back to work. And he said, okay, well, come to lunch with me. So I slipped on a skirt because I had still had on my leg a cast. I still had a brace on my neck and back. I still had was using a walker. I had an arm. So anyway, I hobbled out to see Bill. And Bill said, oh, my God, this is like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. What do you want to do? If you ever get back to work, I'll hire you. So I did go back to work at that system. And then from there, I ran their health plan, set up a, a health plan, which was owned by hospitals. And then from there, I came to BJC in St. Louis and did a financial turnaround at BJC Hospital System, which is a top 10 hospital system in the country with Washington University School of Medicine by renegotiating all of their insurance contracts, 280 contracts over, you know, three years. Um, then was recruited up to the University of Massachusetts as a vice chancellor. So I was an associate vice chancellor over their business development at the medical school and genomics and programs there, and then got recruited back to St. Louis to Express Scripts and ended up in the C-suite at Express Scripts working for George Paz and managing a $60 billion global portfolio of uh, drug costs. So uh, I left Express Scripts about 11 years ago and decided at 50 years old, I didn't want to do corporate anymore. So I'm 62 now. Um, so I guess almost 12 years ago, and I started my own company. And I now had uh, four companies over the last 12 years. I the love latest that. one being Advisory Health. So that's kind of my journey from sort of, you know, junior executive, senior C-suite in a Fortune 50 company, and then sort of entrepreneur. Yes. And you, it really opened your eyes. You saw everything, right? From from the hospital to the pharmacy, you, you've seen everything from A right. to Z when it comes to this. And I love how that inspired you uh, to, to make a difference in the world, right? With your passion uh, after your eyes being so open. And, you know, it's interesting because Express Scripts is still very present and a very big company and big player. And, um, and you had such a big part of that in the time that you were there. So I love that. And I also love that you were able to like cut the cord and go do your own thing because that's what it's all about. Uh, for women today, you know, the best moves sometimes are the entrepreneurial moves. That's right. And I also think uh, if you're in a situation where, so we doubled the size of the company three times in the six years I was there as part of that C-suite. So it had a remarkable uh, success, if you will. Yes. But, you know, your political capital comes and goes in companies. My political capital was actually going down, not up even as my career was growing. And the reason for that is the more successful you are as a woman, the more people will come straight at you and try to knock you off, right? I mean, right. that's just so if, if people are ignoring you, if people are not confronting you, if you're just having an easy ride, then you're not accomplishing much in my opinion, right? Sure. When people start coming straight at you, it's because you're successful. And that's what was happening at Express Scripts for me. And I decided, if, again, for self-care, it's just not, that's just not healthy, right? No, I don't need to be- I agree fighting constantly with everybody or constantly stressed out, even though my performance is really great or whatever. So you really have to have a good sense of, again, what your mission is and who you are. And that platform, as large as it was, was not working anymore for me. And so you, you have to decide, you have to make a decision. And that, that was my decision not to go back into corporate and to try to do something on my own and bet on myself and my own team. Yes. And the, you're the only one you really can count on. Right. So that's a good right. bet. Like that's, that's, right. like, that's the way <laughs> people ask me, how does it feel? It feels like you're walking on a tight wire rope right across the arena. And there is no there's nothing down there to catch you. So every decision, if it's wrong, it's on you. I'm OK with that. I'm OK taking responsibility for that. Right. I'm not OK getting blamed for things I haven't done that aren't my responsibility. That kind of stuff. Right. That political stuff. Right. It's just a waste of time. It just choose up energy with no good output, in my opinion. So anyway, so that so that's kind of, yeah, that was kind of the transition. Uh, that's amazing. So you just paved the way because we're about to talk about these two things, which is one, how to push forward in business through all of its trials. And we know there are can be many, many trials uh, for women in business. Uh, you know, they're, they're closing the gap somewhat, but it is still not, we're not anywhere where we need to be. So I definitely let's jump in there. And then I then I want to go to that that flip side, which is like as a woman, how in the heck 
can you take care of yourself and navigate through that? Because that is tough. And if you can't keep yourself together, you cannot really succeed in business. So uh, we're life, right? Because sometimes it goes right into our own physical and mental. So I want to go there. But let's first talk about some of these uh, tips that you have in pushing forward in business through all the trials. Okay, so here's the thing. Your career, if you're lucky, is a marathon, not a sprint, right? Right. So being able to pace yourself is really important. I have been told no less than at least five times in my career because I've changed paths or reinvented myself, oh, you're going to ruin your career. So the first thing is that everybody else's opinion about you cannot be more important than your opinion about you. It cannot. If you're out on social media listening to people that who the hell knows who they even are, I don't know, right? Or you're listening to people around you that you don't actually trust or value, then you've got to get into a different headspace. So the first thing is my opinion about my life and how I spend my time is more important than anyone else's opinion about my life and my time. Now, I'll take counsel from people I I love and trust, but I will not take anybody's opinion and bring that in and internalize that and worry about that inside. So here's a good example. If I get confronted by a colleague who is jealous or is upset at my success and says something nasty to me, like Cammy knows I had a colleague in the past say, oh, I'm so glad you didn't have children, Susan, you'd be a terrible mother, right? So this kind of very personal attack, if I take that in, as now it's part of what I'm dwelling on, I have no energy to move forward and create my vision. So those people, I say, oh, in my mind, I say, oh, he's losing. He's losing. And this is why he's coming right at me, right? So he's just a loser. That's all that is, right? Taking a low shot is just a loser. So I'm going to discount him because he's sitting in the cheap seat, right? I don't need to, I don't need to worry about that guy. So that's one thing. The second thing is, If you have made a mistake in the past, if you have had a conversation that didn't go well, if you've had a confrontation with somebody, if you've made a decision in business, this happens all the time in my company where I've made the decision, it didn't work. I get my team together and I said, okay, guys, look, that was my choice. It's not working. Let's pivot, whatever, move forward. Own those mistakes, but don't dwell on those mistakes. Don't revisit them. Don't think it has any power over you. You've got to continue to look ahead. So what women do is when they have a confrontation, particularly with a male colleague, they lean out. They are uncomfortable. They avoid that person. I lean in. I go to that person. I slap them on the back. I say, hey, buddy, let's go get a cup of coffee. I don't have to like them. I never have to like them. I just don't want them to have power over me. Right? That's the goal. Oh, my gosh. I love that. that. (laughs) And then it goes away because it's in your head. You don't care. Whatever he's doing, he's not even thinking about you anymore. He's moved on because he's got his own game plan he's working on, right? Right. So we assume as women, they're still obsessing about that conversation we had. They don't, we don't even think about it. We've all, if you're a senior person and you've been, you've moved on, you're not worried about it. So you got to let, you got to let that stuff go. I think that's really important. I think the third thing is if you're in a situation where you think you can't win, remove yourself from the situation immediately. So here's what I do. If I'm in a situation and I'm at work or I'm in a, in a meeting or something is happening where it's going down the tubes, I stop the meeting. I say, oh, I'm so sorry. I have to reschedule. Something's happened. I walk out. Usually I leave the building. I will go get a cup of tea. I might go shopping for shoes. I might do whatever. It doesn't matter. You've got to change the energy right then. You cannot stay in the situation where you cannot lose because over time it erodes your confidence. So right then you have to stop. What I used to do with my team is I would clap my hands because it changes energy. Whatever you need to do, you've got to stop it right there and you've got to change something about you. And I think this all comes down to Cami is the environment is so tough right now for women specifically, but it's tough for everybody, right? The political environment is tough. The economic environment, even though our economy is doing better, it's still very tough. Um, business is really a brutal sport. It's a blood sport. Women are not used to being in a blood sport, right? This is a this is not a no contact sport. This is a contact sport, man. So I think the only thing we can control is ourselves. So the question is for for women because we're wired a little bit more to be emotionally sensitive. Is how do you make that work for you and not against you by internalizing all the garbagey stuff that goes on, right? That is not productive. I think that's what that is. And so I spent a long time really thinking about that and really being able to build relationships and trust long-term with people that I've known for years on my own senior executive team, my CFO and I have worked together now 21 years, my COO 16 years, 
right? So really long relationships. And you do that by giving them the benefit of the doubt and not making assumptions. But you also do that by embracing your own challenges, embracing your mistakes and owning those proudly, right? And not right. or being embarrassed or shamed by those. You do that by leaning into people that tell you terrible things and not letting them affect you and be afraid or ch- all that stuff, right? That just helps you stay whole and focused on your own mission. And it's not easy, right? But if you do it's it, a learned, it's a game yes. changer. It's what you say. It's a learned behavior that you practice. I love it's, it. These are, these are skill-based techniques that you can practice and get better and better and better at. And then the last one of those, I would say, is positive confrontation. Mm, it is almost talk. impossible in business as a woman to succeed if you can't, in a positive way, confront people that are coming straight at you and back them up. Right. Oh, so give us an example. Okay. So this yeah. is a silly example, but for some That's reason, right. and I'm just going to use a corporate example. If you're in a big company, for some reason, junior guys think they can confront senior women in ways that they would never confront a senior man. I don't know why they think they have that license to talk to us that way, but I've talked to many women and we've all experienced it. So I had a guy come into my office once at Express Scripts, junior guy, steps into my office and says, hey, Susan, I want to know why you're not doing such and such. I don't care. What, what do I care what this guy has to say, right? He doesn't even work Sure. So I got up from around my desk. I said, wait a minute, wait one second, back up, back up, back up. And I backed him all the way out of my office because he's not, he doesn't get to stand in my office and confront me. So I backed him all the way up into the C-suite where in front of everybody, I said, okay, so tell me the last $30 billion deal you did. Oh, I'm sorry. You haven't done one. Uh, we're done. That was oh it. That was the conversation. You've got to be able to do that really rapidly and feel good about it and just move on and not even think about that guy. Right. Maybe he'll think about that in the future. Maybe he won't. I don't care. It's not my job to, to train him. Right. But I'm not going to take into my space this kind of stuff. So does that make sense? Oh my gosh. It's, it's so powerful too. I can just, I wanted to go beep, beep, beep. When you said you backed back up, up, back up, back up, <laughs> out of my space, dude. Like you're not doing this today. Oh, these are like total survivor skills for women in corporate America right here. I love this so much. And I love that. Like, you're not saying like I went in the corner and cried. And then I, when I got myself back together, you are like, coming out strong, you're ready for them. And I think, again, you said like, this is something you practice, right? You practice, but I'm also not going to, I'm not going to hang on to the anger of that moment because that just sucks the life out of you too, right? Right. I had my say. He made a mistake. I had my say. We move on. That's it. Did right? he ever come back to you? No. Like, was, no. no, he didn't. No. He's and afraid I, of you and, then. Okay, but that's good, right? Yeah, he, he might... Because you yeah. need a boundary. You got to have some boundaries and people cross boundaries more with women in personal ways than they'll cross boundaries with guys. That's just a fact, right? We, and every woman out there will experience that. And so we just have to get used to in a really sort of, again, I wasn't, I didn't yell at the guy. We didn't, right? It was just very non, just matter of fact, right? Just move out of my office and we're done. That's it. So, I, I mean, I think you just have to get better and better. And I, again, I think that's learned. Because women shy away and we feel embarrassed. I don't think we should ever feel embarrassed and ashamed when you're learning in business. Everything is learning experience and you just, you know, own it, move on. Don't worry about it. Um, Don't take that in. It's just not helpful in any way. Just say, okay, I'll do better next time. Right. Wow. I was at a board board meeting. I'm at this board meeting and I'm the only one at the board meeting. And there's this group of older, very successful New York businessmen talking about the New York Dodgers, when the Dodgers were in New York and not LA. Now, long before I was born, like, I don't know anything about this. And I stepped away from the circle. So I stepped out of the circle when they're discussing the player, because I don't know anything. One of the other senior board members comes up and he puts his arm around me and he says, what are you doing? I said, but I don't don't know anything about that. He goes, no, no, they don't know anything about it either. Get back in the circle. You don't get to opt out. You have to have an opinion. So even though that was a little thing, it was so powerful for me because I realized that most of these guys just BS. Yeah, right? There you go. They don't know it either. That's so, right. anyway, so I mean, I think this is why. So even if you have to go into a meeting or you start to go into board meetings, you know, you don't have to dominate the meeting, but have one or two comments. Mm. Feel comfortable always having. Don't just sit there. Sit at the table, have one or two comments. And then over time, you'll get more comfortable speaking out if you're not comfortable. But, you know, start slowly and build up and just look at it as a skill. It's just a new skill you're learning. That's all. 
I love it. I would love to flip the coin and talk, you know, every corporation has the female bullies too, right? So, oh, so let me ask you this, like, what would be your best advice? Would you follow this same track here or what was, is there any additional things that you would say if there's a female bully bullying you as a female in a corporation like this? Yeah, so that's a really great, uh, great question. And I've had that many, many times. And I actually try to do something a little different with women. I try to actually have some compassion about it, right? Because I get it. They have learned that these are their skills for survival, right? And this is what works for them. And so I think oftentimes we're not aware of our behavior or the impact our behavior is having. So if I have the energy, I do have those tough conversations. Now, I realize in business, I've realized more and more, less and less people are willing to have tough conversations that are honest and yeah. because you feel vulnerable. For me, though, it feels good to me, even if that doesn't work out for me. I feel like I've done what I can to help under that person maybe understand. And I don't mean that from an arrogant perspective. I'm just saying that, again, a lot of people are not aware. And if you do it with the right intention, which is to help them, not in a confrontative way, so that's going to be less confrontative and more just of a dialogue of saying, hey, I know that this is what you're telling me. The way I'm perceiving it is this. Is that really, is that your intention? Is that really what we're trying to do here? Or is, is there a different approach we could take? You know, so try to negotiate my way through it a little bit more and see if that helps. Sometimes it has, sometimes it hasn't. If it mm-hmm. hasn't, I will only have that conversation one time. I will not spend more of my energy or time. I'll give it a shot. And if it doesn't work, I'll move on. I love your boundaries. I love that you're like, this is just as much as I'll give, right? Of myself. I love that. And I think that takes a a lot, actually. It's a lot more than most people are willing to do, but then I stop, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And like, I, what, one of the things you said is it's not my job to train them, right? Like, if they don't know better, then let them embarrass themselves and you can move on. But I just love how you don't get emotionally attached or involved. Uh, with the situation, because as women, a lot of times we do. And, you know, we have and that and it honestly, to me, it makes us weaker. So and I never want to be weak. But uh, but I love how you don't do that. And you have those boundaries. And it's like, listen, this is how it works. And I love it. And I think that leads us into this next part, which is how women take care of themselves. Right. And so we're talking about this in the holistic form, like every sense of it, financially, spiritually, mentally, um, like you say, we're constantly holding ourselves together, but we're not taking care of ourselves. Like something's going to give. So I think you're perfect to talk about this as you just stated, like how you handle these situations and, and how you get to this place. So tell us a little bit more about that. So I feel like we teach girls and young women, we spend a lot of time teaching them how to look, but not how to live. So it's not that I don't want to look good too. It's just, I think we spend a disproportionate amount of time on that versus what you can do and how you need to live. So here's what I think. I think there are things in our lives, all of us, everybody has trauma. There are things in your day-to-day life that just grind you down. They just do. And it's everybody. It's not men, it's men and women. Men deal with it differently, but they also have, you know, but they also are hurting and have mental health issues and everybody has these challenges. So how do you deal with these grinding, normal grinding things, traumas that we go through? I also believe having been in healthcare for all these years, almost like, you know, head injuries, traumas are cumulative. Mm. And so you can push them off for a while, but they will pop back up. Right. So I think you have to have things that counter as much as you can that grindingness. And so there are things that counter that. So I think a holistic approach, I think women need to understand. And I, I will just do a shout out to Susie Orman, who's the guru of all of this, but women need to understand their finance and get control of the finance. Cause that's a grinder, right? If you don't have control of your debt, your budget, all of your finance, if you're not getting paid what you're worth, it just grinds you down. It makes you feel terrible. It weighs on you. So that's a grinder that people have to get control of. I think for me personally, you have to believe in something higher than yourself and you can call it anything you want. Um, but I believing in something, believing in your mission, believing in something outside of yourself and doing some service and focusing on other people and not just yourself, I think is really critically important, particularly now that we're in this really, you know, acerbic 
dialogue politically, right? So sure. going back to how do you take care of the community? How do you take care of your neighbors? Um, is there kindness, any kindness in your life? Can you pay it forward? Uh, I've got a friend, a colleague here that every week when she's driving through fast food, always pays for the car behind her once a I week, that. right? Especially that. if she sees a mom in there and kids, but she'll do it for anybody, for older people. I was just in Florida with my mom and dad. My dad's going to be 87 this year. He's had a lot of health challenges. And I took them out to lunch and my dad had on his um, military cap. He's retired military. And uh, somebody paid for his lunch and didn't tell us. And then when I went to pay the bill, his lunch was already paid for. So just adding some kindness into your life. Um, and for me, by the way, pets, oh my gosh, I could not live without my pets because they just are a stress reducer, right? So having a pet to take care of you that loves you unconditionally, I think is really critical. That That's helpful to me. Um, I also think then it comes down to your health. Everybody, as you get older, ends up with different health challenges, right? So we used to say in the hospital, we have built-in utilization. I mean, eventually your knees wear out. Eventually, you know, things happen. Hopefully you you're, have better health than other people. But chronic illness is just a huge part of our culture because we push so hard. So mm -hmm. spending time taking care of yourself and your health is really critically important, right? So that means trying to eat as well as you can in your circumstance right? And not eat so much sugar in your, but look, nobody can avoid any of these. So it's not a hundred percent. You can't avoid all of this, right? Cause right. life is busy. We eat fast food. I eat fast food. We, we eat frozen food, we eat whatever, but trying to do as best you can. Um, Kroger, who's a, as you know, a large client of ours has a food is medicine program. They think it's really important. Like what you eat, you know, be, does become who you are. So sleep, we don't get enough sleep in our culture. We just do not. I have never in my life taken naps until maybe the last six months. And I might do a power nap now at five o'clock in the afternoon for 20 minutes. And it's just, it's a game changer for me, but getting some rest and shutting down some of the noise. And when I say noise, I really think social media has become one of the largest disruptors of women's health care, women's I health. Agree. Right. Yeah. So again, the shouting of opinion of people you don't know that you take in to mean something, I think has been really detrimental to women's uh, mental health. So taking a break, you know, putting the phone down. Um, I've lost my phone. I've traveled internationally and lost my phone. And then you're like, wow, like I'm now four days without, <laughs> you know, you're like, this is a lot, but right. So maybe not four days, maybe you could do an hour. I mean, literally, you know, yeah. an hour to time, two hours of time during, during a meal, wh whatever you want to do. I think that's really, really important. And then I think for those of us who have a chronic illness, making sure you stay on your meds, right? You've got to take your medications. Um, I will tell you that I have senior people in my family that are on blood pressure medication that say, oh, I feel great. So I stopped taking my pill. That's not really how it works. You feel good because you're taking your pill. You know, so you try to help. But I think, I think those are the things that I think a lot about. And everybody does feel a little more isolated that you're not with your family. So making sure you spend some time with friends and family. What I do see, Cami, and I don't know if you've experienced this or talked to women, is we work so hard. We have to work twice as hard to get where we are. So our friends kind of fall by the wayside because we work all the time. So then we're 50, 60 years old, and we, we look up and we go, oh, my gosh, I don't really have that support system, right, that I used to right. have. Really focusing. So my best friend from the first grade, I grew up in New York, is still my best friend, right? Aww. So really spending time on those relationships, they take time. Um, your job will not suffer. Let me just, the tsunami of things coming at you from a career will not change. <laughs> but your perspective might change if you can spend a little more time with, with a good friend. Oh, that's so true. Oh my gosh. And I want to go back to what you said about this uh, for, for women and social media. So that is not just a time zapper, right? That you get sucked into. But then it becomes that comparison game because they're yes. they're giving those highlight reels. So that becomes a mental problem. Right. Because yeah, because that you get sucked into the highlight reel and then you start examining your own life based on what you saw on social media. That is like such a double whammy. It's not just sucking your time and your energy, but now your mental health is suffering because of this. Women went from back, let's just say in the 40s and 50s, from wanting to escape the opinion of their dad, right, to then getting the opinion of their husband, so this close inner circle, to now we take the opinion of anyone. So yeah. it's actually gotten far worse. We're far less discriminating in whose opinion we'll take in. Uh, I think it's 
particularly horrible for young girls and young women and tweens. We see that with the suicide rate tripling for tweens, right? Yeah. Um, it's really, again, this is why I say we spend a lot of time focused on teaching young girls how to look and how they should look, but not how to live right. and what those skills are. Again, I, I think everything are skill-based and learned techniques, right? So I think that getting away from social media is really important and having genuine interaction because we know from science in healthcare that that's actually what helps you live longer. We, we know that. That's a fact. So those connections actually mean something. We know if you're more isolated, if you're not partnered, we know all these things, your lifespan is shorter than people that are. Right? So we, we know there's lots of research on that. So yeah, I think technology is amazing. I have a technology company, but sure. I do think setting boundaries, like we try to do personally, set boundaries out. You got to set the boundaries on your technology also. I agree. And then there's the keyboard bullies, right? And as you talked about these young teens and tweens, like this is a big problem because they won't say it to your face, but they have all the guts in the world when they're behind the keyboard. And right. I think that that is such an issue as well. And one thing I just want to mention that I think was so brilliant that I read recently was Matthew McConaughey doesn't even allow his kids to have an Instagram account until they're 17. I think it's 17 years old. Um, I, that's genius. And this guy, you know, it's not due to lack of money or resources or they are protecting their children. And I think as parents, I think we need to look more into that and uh, and do we need to do better. And I think I think this it starts when they're really young and then it, by the time they're grown women and, and men, it's out of control. Right. So here's here's the thing about that. Right. So if you think about parents and what parents have been through with COVID and what moms have been through with COVID. Yeah. Here's the issue. If you don't take care of yourself, you do not have the energy to have these tough conversations and really, really work with your kids on that, your girls, your young boy, right? All that stuff just takes an enormous amount of energy. So that's why we come back to, um, you really have to focus on yourself first because women hold families together. They hold the community together and they hold companies together. That mid-tier management level is what holds companies together. So while we're holding everybody else together, we're falling apart right? Women's yeah. health is worse than men's. We have more chronic illness than men's. We have more um, mental health issue challenges than men. So we really have to start thinking about this as women and not thinking of that as selfish, but as necessary for us to be able to do the incredibly important work we do of holding communities and families together. Oh, I couldn't, I just couldn't agree with you more. This is amazing. Anything else that you want to share on this topic? Anything else no, you think is important? Look. I think here's what I think. I think you're important. I think, and I told Cami, I mean, the work Cami's doing is important. I think um, making sure that we give women a voice, that we help them connect and stay healthy and that they're valued so they can value the people around them, I think is incredibly, incredibly important. And right now, the women that I talk to are feeling more stressed and they feel like they're more under attack. I think with some of um, the Supreme Court issues that have occurred, I think women are pitted against women now. I just think women generally, it doesn't matter if you're conservative or liberal, you just feel more under attack. And so the only thing we can do here to keep some kind of perspective is try to stay as healthy as possible so that you have the energy to create whatever is important to your value system. And that's what I would tell women. It's worth the time. You are worth the time. You, there's nobody else worth more time than you are worth, right? Right. So spend the time on yourself so that you can take care of your kids, your pets, your family, your community, whatever is valuable to you. I just think, I think that's the message. That has to be 2024. I love it. And that's what I was going to say. Tell the people, what do they need to change? Like, what's the biggest thing that you would say the one biggest thing? Uh, and we talked about this before we hit record was like, if you don't change anything, nothing's going to change. So what would you say is the biggest change that women can make right now? Like top two uh, right. for 2024, just like, let's clear the board. Let's do these two things and watch how things change. The number one, I, I would say, here's my number one thing. Whatever you are embarrassed or shameful about, whatever issue that you have had, whatever mistake you have made, embrace it and forgive yourself. I know that sounds cliche, but I'm telling you guys, that will just open up so much energy. Write a list out. Here's all the things I'm ashamed. Here's the things I won't talk about. Here's the thing I'm embarrassed. Own that. Embrace it. It is part of your journey. And then forgive yourself and say, I'll do better. 
okay, it was a mistake. That's fine. I'll do better and look forward. That to me is the number one thing because I think that shame, shaming women, shaming our behavior, shaming our choices, shaming ourselves. Oh my gosh, the amount of energy, the amount of mental health energy that is taking that is wrapped up there is terrible. It's absolutely horrible. And then that gets pushed to other other people, right? That comes out in other sort of ways that you can't control. So I think that's the first issue. And I think the second issue is, I can't say this enough. You have to surround yourself by people that you trust. If you are surrounding yourself with people that you do not trust on a day-to-day basis, you need to be in a different situation. And that's not easy. I'm not, these two things I'm telling you are big, big, chunky things. These are not easy little tidbits, right? These are big, chunky things for you to think about. But you cannot be at a job where you don't trust anybody. You cannot be at home where you're not feeling safe or you don't trust what's going on in your household. You can't be in in your school, in your church, wherever you are. If you don't feel safe and you can't trust the people around you, then you need a new situation. And that is on you and you are absolutely worth it. You are worth it because nobody else can tell you how to spend this life that we've been given, this gift. Nobody else can tell you except for yourself. So it's worth it. I love this so much. Oh my gosh, two huge, powerful steps you can take right now, today. Stop, drop, open your notebook, write it all out, you guys. Get through it, let it go. I feel like we need to sing the song. Just let it go, forgive yourself. Oh my gosh, this is so good, so good. And I mean, listen, this whole surround yourself with these people, this is biblical. This goes back so many years of like you become who, you know, who you hang around with. And I mean, this is as parents, why we are careful with who we let our kids hang around with and who they spend time with. This is this is just a fact. And it's been proven over and over again. And thank you for bringing that up and sharing that. You guys take a look at the people around you. Do a 360. Look at from every corner and see what needs to change in order for you to have the best change for you in 2024. Amazing. Oh, my gosh. I feel like we just gave way more than we even planned. Thank you a million times for this. And I feel like you just led me right into what I want to talk about, which is the advisory health prescription discount card. You started this company to help women. Tell us more about that. Yeah. So we started the company almost two years ago. We're not quite two years old. It'll be March of 24. We'll be two years old. Um, We started it with Kroger. Um, It was a strategy for Kroger um, to manage their own patient sort of book of business. And now we've expanded kind of beyond Kroger. And, you know, my thought is there, there there are other cash cards out there that without a doubt, I mean, this is not, that's not so innovative, but we are really focused on, we work directly with the pharmacy because we want to work with the caregivers and we have a very pharmacy friendly model. Um, But we're really looking at giving voice to people that we think have no voice. So we, we talk about young families, young moms during COVID, they ended up home with the kids. They disproportionately had a really tough time. We want to make sure they stay healthy and they're getting their scripts. We're really focused on families and we're really focused on veterans. Um, veterans, there's a eight levels of benefits for veterans. So if you've been long-term um, a, a retired vet or you're so active military, we know that you're getting healthcare. But there are a lot of people around you who maybe only did a couple years or maybe their family is helping you. So when my sister was deployed to Iraq, she's a nurse, you know, our family took care of her kids, right? So we want to make sure that the whole family supporting our military with the service that they have given and how much burden has been placed on them over the last, you know, two decades, that somebody is really reaching out and talking to them and making sure that they they stay on their medications, um, particularly around mental health, um, post-traumatic stress, these kind of these kind of issues, right, that are so specific to the community. So that's really why we started the card. We didn't want it only to be about um, making drugs affordable. We think that's critical to staying on the med, but it has to be beyond that, which is we want, we really want you to stay healthy. We really want communities to do better. Yes, a hundred percent. And I, you see people like, you know, in mental, the mental situation where they can't access or don't have the right. money or coverage, and then they go mental, like they have breakdowns and so that is so have- scary. Tammy, we just had a lady call our customer service line and she was a Medicare beneficiary. So she's over 65. I'm not sure how old she is. Um, And she could not get the uh, drug she needed, the prescription she needed filled, which was for an antidepressant. 
Now, I don't know why. I don't know what her benefit was. I don't know if it was a, a managed Medicare plan and it wasn't on her formulary. So I don't know the circumstance. But what happened is our customer service person said, let me look that up for you. I'm going to ha- I'm ha- going to have you download our app, Visory Health, download the app at the Play Store. I'm going to walk you through it so you can look at the price of the drug. So we looked up the price of this drug and it was something like $14 a month. That's ridiculous. The woman was literally in tears crying because she'd been trying to get it for a year and a half and couldn't get on her med for her mental health issue. Right. So there's still, even though we know there's other programs out there, it's still not enough. There's still much, much more work to do to reach people that we know really need to stay on their meds or just not getting the care they need. Well, I am excited to share this with our community and be able to put the links in the show notes, which you guys, as you're listening, if you click the show notes, the link will be there. You can download the app as well uh, and help people save money. Um, I, you know, I know for a fact that I can go directly to like Walmart and get a prescription for $10 that costs me 25. If I go through my insurance, if that's not the most ridiculous thing ever. And it sounds like that was kind of a situation with this woman. And I think it's because we don't know. And I think we just need to spread the word. We just need to let people know that they have other options and they really need to take the time to do the research and find what's out there for them. And I love that you did this and that you're helping people. And I'm excited to share it and help even more people around the world. Now, if people live in another country, is this, are they able to use this as well? Or is this only in the U.S.? This is only in the U.S. Um, every other country has a different healthcare system than us. And they right. actually have a different scheme in terms of how the drugs are priced. So uh, for instance, in Europe, they've taken the price of brand drugs and brought them down, the price of generics and brought them up. So the average cost is cheaper, right? Because Americans pay more for uh, pharmaceuticals than anywhere in the world. So, um, but there are other countries that also have big gaps, right? Where just like we do here. So depends on the country. Um, it's it's all different. I would also say if you have a high deductible plan, we are at the beginning of the year, which means your deductible has started all over again. So you're going to be paying for that prescription out of pocket. You're going to be paying 100%, right? We call it 100% copay, but you pay 100% until you hit the end of your deductible. Sure. 75% of people never hit the end of the deductible. So you might want to look at something like Visory Health as a cash option. If you download the app, by the way, you don't have to give us any information. You don't have to log in. You don't become a member. You can actually just put your, your drug in and look at the price. And wow. the pharmacist will come up where you, know, where you can go get that filled. Um, we particularly um, love grocery store pharmacies and we love working with the publics in Florida and we have a great relationship with Kroger, but we have everybody else in there that we have a great relationship with like the Walmarts and the Walgreens and the CVSs are, they're all in there depending on where you live. So, um, you know, make it a year that you're just going to be healthy, make it a year that you're going to prioritize yourself so that you can take care of the people around you. Uh, Tammy, we started a whole campaign this year of who do you stay healthy for? Who do you stay I healthy I love for? that. I do. I stay healthy for my grandkids. There you go, right? That's you it. I've, to run around and play with them. Yes, yeah. and we we eat ice cream from time to time, and we we right. do fun things, and we're on the floor, and we're taking walks, and we're running scooters, and going to amusement parks. Like we do all the things. Like I, that's right. who I stay healthy for, right? So yeah, that's our campaign for the years. Who do you stay healthy for? I We've got people that. that call in that they stay healthy for their pets. Pet meds, by the way, are also on our card. You can get your pet meds right at your pharmacy too. So if you're staying healthy for your pets and your little four, four-footed friends, uh, you can also use Visory for them too. They're part I of love that so much. This is amazing. You guys, all the links are in the show notes. Just click away and get your app and start looking up your prices. Get back on your medicine. Let's get, let's really commit 2024 to taking care of ourselves the best we can. This is such What a beautiful message to introduce a new year and to put ourselves first and do it for whoever it is that you want to stay healthy for. I love this. Thank you so much. Let's tell our listeners where they can find you. So if you want to find me personally, you can go onto LinkedIn under Susan Lang and I'll come up as the CEO of Visory Health. If you want to find the company is just look us up on the web. You can look us up on the Play Store under advisoryhealth.com. Um, and you can connect with us there or you can call our customer service. Um, but I'm pretty accessible if on LinkedIn. So I do look at that pretty frequently for people that want to connect or talk about anything. Happy to do it. 
Um, this year, we want to be healthy and we want to be kinder, right? I mean, that's really the message for this year. And we start with kindness to ourselves. So that's that's our message for the year. I love it. Amazing. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode. And just before we get to the good stuff, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly. I have this great announcement for you. We are starting the Pod Power Hour, which is a virtual event that's going to happen on Wednesdays at noon Eastern. And so if you've ever thought about having a podcast, if you have questions, if you are a podcaster and you want to come and meet other podcasters and learn what's new, what's happening, tips and tricks to be better at this amazing passion of podcasting that you have, we would love for you to join us. We're going to have experts there that are going to be sharing their genius. It's going to be amazing. So, and if you're a host and you want to come meet some amazing uh, people that could be potential guests for you on your show, come on out. What a great way to get exposure. Be sure to check it out on my website at camilehman.com as well as follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Whatever is your favorite platform, we will have registration there. You do need to register to attend and it is on Zoom. So super simple, just one hour every other Wednesday. We start on May 4th, so don't miss out. Get registered today. We can't wait to see you there. You have moved from fighting cancer to discovering how to live beyond it. But what now? With so many emotional side effects still unknown, as a new survivor, you find yourself in a void as you navigate through the isolation, fear, and an uncertain future that can overshadow you and your family for years to come. Instead of focusing on the uncertainty of cancer, Consider how strong and determined you are and think of the strength demonstrated by those who stood beside you through it all. Consider this. You now get to choose who you want to be and what your intentional, fulfilled life can look like. You made it through treatment. We can help you define yourself as a survivor. We're here to help you through this moment, to walk beside you as you shift your mindset from counting the days of life to creating a legacy. For more information, visit www.adventuretherapyfoundation.org or contact us at info at adventurefound.org. Susan, this has been so amazing. Oh my gosh, on She's Invincible, we promise our listeners we're going to bring them fierce entrepreneurs and we're going to share all of their just knowledge and wisdom and you have done that so well. I just want to say just from myself, thank you for all the work that you did and all the trials you overcame and faced uh, to be able to get to this place where you're making such a huge impact in the world. You know, uh, too many times it gets too hard and we give up. And I love that you shared like what it was that kept you in the game and how you we're able to get through these things. And these are real everyday life situations that you've just given people a survival guide to be able to get through with strength and dignity, right? And integrity uh, and and even just to keep themselves together and in their highest um, health. And I love that. And so I want to say thank you for all that you and your, of course, team, nobody does that alone, but um, all that, you are doing and uh, helping people all over the USA with uh, advisory and all the things that you're doing. Um, Yes. And thank you for sharing all of this. And, you know, I'd love to say we're done, but we're not done because (laughs) while we promise our listeners, we're going to do all these things. We also promise them that we're going to pull back the curtain. You know, they look at you and they think, Oh, she's so tough. She's resilient. She's smart. She's, successful and they you know they have no idea what you had to overcome for the most part other than what we just said and so i would love to pull back the curtain now and share some stories of authenticity so they can really look at you and say like she's successful because she earned that right she never gave up and she she pushed on and overcame and so let's jump in with a few stories are you ready i'm ready okay awesome 
I love the good. So share a story with us about the good or the greatest part of this journey so far. Well, I, you know, there's so many things, but I will say I'm just going to give one incredibly life-changing moment. And then there's so many good things we can talk about. Um, and I alluded to this a little bit, but when I was on my way to a board meeting, uh, I was 32 years old and I get hit head on by a drunk driver. And I ended up with all kinds of injuries and a massive head trauma and emergency surgery and being, you know, air backed to a, um, a rehab center, um, a facility for trauma because they didn't think I was going to live on the scene. Um, but I had a woman drive by and she saw my hang tag for the hospital and called it in. So in Memphis, we all knew each other. So that was, so anyway, I went from being a hospital administrator, running hospital, you know, on the units, working with the doctors, talking to patient families, to being a patient for a long time. And it really helps un you change your perspective and be much more compassionate about what people go through. So as bad as my situation was, which is at 33, you know, you lose your career, you lose your health. You don't know if you'll ever be mobile. I was told I might not ever walk again without an assistive device. All these things that happen. I was told repeatedly I would never work again, that I need to go out on permanent disability. Um, and I said, oh, they got to be kidding me because I was in a wheelchair for many months. Um, but I didn't lose my home. I didn't lose my family. I didn't become destitute, which I saw people in rehab that did have all those things happen to them because of some catastrophic illness. The hospital system kept me on the whole time. They paid my salary the whole time. I had either a doctor or my staff drop off a meal to my house every single day for six months. I mean, it's wow. incredible. So the, the, um, the amount of kindness I was shown was overwhelming and almost hard to take in. So I think that really solidified for me that my mission is the right mission for me and that I've got to get back to the work at hand because, my God, I was so fortunate. I ended up back working. I ended up doing all these things that everybody, every doctor told me I wouldn't do. Um, none of that was easy. And if anybody's struggling with a catastrophic trauma, they know, or catastrophic illness, they know it's hard. There are days when you don't want to work, right? And you have mm -hmm. to push through because the work is so important. Um, so that, that actually, even though people would think that's a horrible thing for me, it was a great thing because it set, Cammie said this to me, it set up my life's work. And one of the things that happened there is um, after I could finally get back in my car and drive, even though I still had a cast on one leg, a cast on my arm, a brace on my neck, I was using a walker. So I was upright. I actually drove the mile down to a Kroger grocery store in Memphis by my house that had a pharmacy. And I got my walker out and I hobbled to the front door. It took me 20 minutes mm -hmm. to get to the front door. Right. So I went from working on my black belt karate to 20 minutes to hobble up to the front door of a grocery store. Um, and I would sit down with the pharmacist who would come from around the desk and sit down and go over all the meds I was on. And then uh, the store manager would get a, a bag boy to go get all my groceries. He would drive home with me, put my groceries up and run the mile back. Oh, my so gosh. I had decided it's remarkable, remarkable kindness. I had decided that if I ever had a chance to work with Kroger, that I would want to do something with them because what an amazing organization. So. Fast forward, oh my gosh, 15 years, 18 years later, I'm at Express Scripts and I'm working with Kroger now, corporate for the first time. And I tell them my story and they said, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Could you become, you know, could you do ads for us, advertisement? And I said, no, no, I can do better. I want to do a deal with you. And we did a very successful deal with Kroger. And then I left, you know, that was 12 years ago. So here I am 10 years later doing another deal with Kroger on my own. So it's amazing how these long-term relationships, people don't think relationships matter anymore. I think they absolutely do matter. But these long-term relationships, how it kind of propels you forward, we would have never done advisory health if it hadn't been for Kroger, right? Because they, they were a partner of ours. So even though that accident could have been horrible, it actually reshaped my life in a really positive way. And so I'm very thankful for that. So that's, that's my good. Oh, it's, and it's the great because... It really did open the door and really set the stage for what you're doing now. And you were in that place, right? You were the person, like you said, you went from running hospitals to being the patient. And, and I don't think there's any better way to be able to serve the people than to actually be in their shoes. And you had that. And we never wish that, right? We don't wish that on anyone, but we can be grateful for it when it happens. And right. I'm grateful for you and just all that you're doing. So we're going to save, we'll save the ugly for last, but tell us a story about the bad part of the journey. 
So I think the bad part of the journey, I think there's, there's, it's, it's two prong approach, right? So I think the bad part of the journey is the more successful you are, the more people will come straight at you and do really crappy things. Really. I mean, I've had people campaign against me inside companies. I've had people publicly publish things about me. I've had people say the most outrageous things about me. I, I don't, I, by the way, just so you all know for the audience, I don't look at any social media. I don't do anything with social media. Now my team does because they feel like we have to. I even wanted to cancel my LinkedIn membership and they said, no, no, please don't do that. You know, so my PR people would like not to do that. Um, but I personally don't spend any time on any of that. I don't post things or things like that. Um, so because you get the crappy feedback all the time, the other side of that is as you're getting crappy feedback is um, intertwined with that is sort of the sexual harassment, personal attack kind of stuff. So one of the things that happened uh, not to me, although I've had it happen to me many times, but to a colleague of mine who was really fabulous, who was a vice president in one of the companies I worked for, who was just had great performance and all of a sudden her performance got much worse. So finally, I confronted her and said, hey, what is going on with you? What it, you're not you're the same person. You're not speaking up in meetings. And she confided in me very reluctantly after weeks that our boss was harassing her. Now, I knew the boss really well. He had hired me. I knew his wife um, who was out of town. So I decided to go into his office and confront him and just say in a very, again, positive way. Hey, say, look, buddy, I don't care what you do with your personal life. I really don't care. It's none of my business, but not here in my house. In my house, we don't do that. So you've got to take that out of the house. You have to stop harassing her. And if you don't, I will take it up to the CEO of the system because we're not going to do that here. And he started laughing and I started laughing. He goes, okay, okay, I got it, Susan. We're, we're fine. So, but you have to be able to do that. And I think women have to be able to stand up for other women in these circumstances. And again, this is part of that shame. We feel somehow we are responsible for that. We are absolutely not responsible. We are responsible for stopping it and reporting it when we can, and we can't do that oftentimes on our own. We need help. So I would say uh, the bad, there's just too much of that still going on and it's everywhere. So I would just encourage other women is to figure that out, figure out how you can help other women so that we don't continue this cycle, literally generation after generation. Right. That is, it's a generational curse too, until, until you break the chain, right? right. Until someone stands up for you. Oh my gosh. Ah. This is like a journey. All right. Well, here we it go. It's a lot, right? It's a lot to take in, isn't it? It is. It's, and it's no wonder you go and start your own company. Like, that's why people do it. So they don't have to do that. They can make the right. rules. And right. Yes, that's exactly right. It is, right? So do you get the freedom of that part? So, mm -hmm. okay. So tell us about the ugly part of this journey. Well, I think, you know, I think the ugly part is um, you're constantly exhausted. Right. So one of the things people don't talk about is when they say somebody said to me a couple months ago, what is a success look like? Exhaustion. <laughs> Women, we don't talk about that. Right. <laughs> but it's true. You're really exhausted. So this notion of a marathon and trying to pace yourself and not having to embrace every single opportunity, thinking they'll never come again. I actually don't believe that. I know we keep saying that to women. I don't believe that. I believe, you know, I'm over again, I'm over 60. Right. I started this company when I was 60. So you know, it's not over till it's over, right? If you have the energy and take care of yourself. So you're working exhausted and then the personal attacks come. And one of the personal attacks that came is a confrontation I had with a colleague. I had hired somebody from his staff. I'd asked him about it first, but the personal attack was because again, my performance, he couldn't really attack my performance. So they, they attack you personally is, oh my God, you, I'm so glad you never had kids. That's a really gut-wrenching thing for a woman to hear from a guy. But here's what I thought about that at the time. I thought, oh, my God, this guy has a mental health issue. <laughs> He's in a mental health crisis, right? If you've got to get to that level of interaction, there's something not right about you. So, again, what I want to help women do is don't internalize, externalize. What's wrong with that? Not right. what's wrong with me. What's wrong with that? Right. Like There's something wrong with that behavior and there's something wrong with him. Right. And by doing that, then I don't have to take that on. That's not got nothing to do with me. It's not even personal to me because, by the way, if he's treating me that way, he's treating 20 other people that way. 20 other or women worse. Yeah. That way, right? Yeah. Or worse because or worse. he's probably a little more afraid of me. I'm a little more confrontative. Right. So I think that's the ugly part of this, right? It's these constant personal attacks um, that you have to learn to externalize and not take in. 
and understanding that that is not personal towards you, that they're treating other people like this because their behavior is just bad. They're just bad behavior, which is why more of us have to get comfortable pushing back on that and not escalating it, but pushing back and not letting that fester and undermine. Because the goal of that is to distract and undermine your performance. That's the goal. So they can do whatever they want to do. Right. 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 So you got to got to push back on that. We got to be able to push back on that. And if you can't do it, there needs to be somebody in your life. I can't tell you how many women I've worked with that I've mentored or sponsored who were getting ready to do something that was not in their best interest, where I stopped them, grabbed them and said, no, no, not today. Not today when you're upset. Not today when you're not in control. Not today when you don't have a strategy. Not today. Like we're going to. And they're like, no, no, no. But no, no, no. Not today. Right. Yes. So, you know, putting pause, putting pause on some of that. And giving yourself a moment is really important. And that's where the shoe shopping comes in, right? <laughs> right. I love that. Stop the meeting and go shoe shopping. go shoe shopping. Oh my gosh. They'll never Listen. miss you. They don't even know you're not there. They don't care enough to know that you're not there, right? Right. And the truth is, it does take a village, right? And we need, right. it's up to us to create that village to get those people. And that goes right back to your tip about surrounding yourself with those people. Right. This could not be more important, you guys. This this is your year. Like, get, clean it up, surround yourself with the people, you know, cut the ones who aren't going with you to the next place and let's go. Let's make this your best year because these are the important things. And, you know, people are haters. They're going to try to interfere with your success. They're going to try to interfere with your good reputation. They're, they're going to do it because it makes them better. And I love what you said, Susan, that it's them. It's not us. We shouldn't right. even take a second to look within us. We need no. to say what the heck is wrong with you. Um, you know, and I, I think there has to be some kind of line like, are you OK? I'm worried about you. Right. right. Like yeah. that you would yeah. say something like that. Think right? of this. Think of this. If somebody has said something to you like that, imagine yourself saying that to somebody. And if you can't imagine yourself saying that to somebody, then you know there's something wrong with that, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So, yeah. And I would say that learning to manage that and leaving corporate, my health is tons better. Sure. My health has gotten better and better year over year. I feel healthier now at sixty-two than I felt at fifty leaving corporate. Isn't that amazing? Because when yeah. you have your own thing, there's more people on your side. There's more supporters. Right. Yeah. And and, you know, you're all moving together uh, in a common goal. And that should be the way in corporate. But it's not because, as you said a, a few times about the politics and it doesn't matter if it's in the medicine or whatever, it's you know, finance, right? it doesn't matter. It doesn't right. discriminate. Um, people right. are people. Right. Yes. So all those things. Right. That. Yeah. That people. People are people. Kind of sort of toxic environments. Um, and we yeah. just have learned to tolerate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it doesn't help us thrive or do any better. And also women keep their head down, right? So women keep their head down and do the work. We just get the work yeah. done. Yeah. That doesn't actually always create success for you, right? No. So you have to look up, right? You have to look up and you have to pick yourself up and not just keep your head down, getting the work done because people don't appreciate it. We'll just keep saying, oh, great. Keep getting the work done. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, my gosh. And I want to go back to what you said in the very beginning about what makes you invincible is how you're always looking forward and you're never looking back. And I feel like that is the new year message for 2024. You guys is let's practice that. Let's look forward and stop looking back. Getting stuck in the past is not helpful to anyone. Um it's just not right. It just, again, sucks up a lot of energy and creativity. It takes, if you want to be successful as an entrepreneur, it will take every amount of resource you can muster in yourself, every bit of your creativity, right? You're trying to solve big problems. You're trying to pivot. It's complex environments that all of us are working in and they're not getting any uh, easier, right? They're getting more complex over time. They're getting quicker. Data is quicker. Speed is quicker. Technology is quicker. So this becomes really, really important that we don't tie up our energy and stuff that's non-productive. So that's something to just think about for you, for your family, for your children, for anybody who wants to do something creative. Um, you, you just can't go there. You just have to stop going there. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being invincible and sharing so authentically today with all of us. Uh, this this episode is a game changer and this will help people live 
their next best year in 2024. And thank you for contributing so much to that. Oh my and gosh. I can't, and I just, for the audience, I told Cammy, I can't thank her enough for the service of doing this because we got to get our stories out as women. We need our stories. We need to share our stories so that you understand that it's not just you going through this. We've all gone through this and we have to get through it and move beyond it. Um, and that's Carrie's whole message, Cammy's whole message. So I just appreciate Cammy doing this because I just think it's such a service to, to our community. Thank you, Susan. Oh my gosh, you guys. Click the link in the show notes. Get yourself um, on the the advisory um, plan. Connect with Susan. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Happy New Year again to all of you. I don't know where you are in your life or your business, but if you're face down on the ground right now, get back up. Just get back up. Look forward. Stop looking back. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's celebrate and have the best year ever. Okay. Thank you guys. Thank you for joining us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please follow the show, submit a rating and review and share us with your friends. If you would like to chat to see if you can attract your ideal client and monetize your business through podcasting, please book a free call with me at camilehman.com. I can't wait to meet you.